When Carrie was 12, she kept a diary, and she used it to chronicle her pubescent curiosity. Dear diary, I want to share something with you. I'm not sure if anyone else does this, but I look in my mom's books for parts where it explains two people having sex. I know the facts of life and everything, it's just that reading about it makes me feel warm all over. That's Carrie reading from the diary she kept when she was 12. And this, well, this is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. I'm Dan Meisner. Grown-ups read things they wrote as kids is a live open mic event where brave adults get on stage and read diaries, poetry, creative writing assignments, and all sorts of stuff from their childhood and teenage years. This time, recorded live at Broken City in Calgary, Alberta, we have passive-aggressive poetry, a story about camaraderie, reincarnation, and martial arts, and we find out what it's like to backslide into lust. This stuff is weird, and it is wonderful, and some of it has never been read out loud before, certainly not in front of a room full of strangers. So think about the stuff you wrote when you were a kid, and stick around. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. A minute ago, we heard from Carrie, who used to look through her mom's books for the steamy parts. Well, Carrie brought along a few more selections from the year that she was 12, including a few diary entries about summer camp. Here's Carrie. Dear Diary, on July the 6th, I went to Camp Curio for 10 days. It was a great time. Tracy found a boyfriend called Les. They necked almost every night. And once they even French kissed. Every second night, there was a moonlight walk. Usually couples walk together, either holding hands or arm in arm. One night, a boy named Dale asked if he could hold my hand and walk with me. I said, sure, because he seemed pretty polite. (laughs) We talked about a lot of different things, and Dale ended up being interesting. At the end of the walk, Dale kissed my cheek and asked me to go around with him. Without thinking, I said, sure. What a terrible mistake. The next morning, I found out how immature he really was. Dale didn't even know my name. And, and, he was only 12, the same age as me. I automatically dropped him. Another guy who was 12 asked me to go around, but I said no. He liked me last year at camp, too. He was always hanging around me. He sort of grew on you like fungus. A 16-year-old black guy told me I was his girlfriend, like I had no choice in the situation. He asked me about making love, so I called him a few choice names and I kicked him in the shins. (laughs) Next year, I want to work up there at camp. Hopefully I'll find a 14 or 15-year-old Christian boyfriend. (laughs) Dear diary, you can't get to heaven without salvation. 
You might ask, what is salvation? <laughs> it means to be born again and have peace in your heart with the Lord. How do you get born again? <laughs> well, first you must admit all your sins and ask God to forgive you. Second of all, you must ask the Lord into your heart to dwell with you forever. This will give you eternal life and complete fulfillment and happiness. However, we all must remember to read God's word and attend church. God's gift is free. All you have to do is accept it. <laughs> About five years ago when I was eight, I followed Jesus, but as time and years went by, I began to backslide into lust. When I was a kid, I had a journal, but it wasn't a private, secret kind of journal like Carrie's. It was a school journal, the kind that every kid in my class had to keep, where we would write to our teacher about what we were doing in class or what we'd done over the weekend, that kind of thing. Our next reader, Josh, also kept a journal for school, which he brought to our event in Calgary. And just before the show, I asked Josh what the journal entries were about. He summed them up in one word. Food. Uh... So yeah, I was going through all my stuff and I realized that when I was uh, six and seven, if I had to write something in like my class diary, it was, it was almost always about food. So. <laughs> Dear dairy, bread is good with meat and with cheese. Okay? Love, Josh. <laughs> this one, uh, this one is, is called orange and then, uh, and then I took a crayon, but oranges, so. I don't know if it's about the color, but. Oranges reminds me of fire and a strong man. Color of pumpkin glowing in the night. Cats scare me. Leaves blowing like a river throw the wind and tastes like roasting marshmallows and all the things that taste like oranges. That's that one. Thank you. This one's called pizza. The very, the very best food in the world is Popeye pizza. It has Spenga and feta cheese. It looks like green pizza with white patches on it. It smells like the, that place where they sell cheese, but way hotter. It tastes like gooey cheese with Spenga walking all across it. You should try Popeye pizza because I think you might like it. This is, this is my last one. And then, like, I found this, this piece of paper, and I don't know if it's part of the journal entry or whatever, but, uh, but when I read it now, you'll hear it. My favorite food is poppycock. <laughs> Smells like sweet, tender, sticky hot stuff. Looks like scrunch, sticky, real sticky, stickier than sticky popcorn. <laughs> Tastes like sticky, licky, mouth-watering, gooey popcorn. Makes me feel all sticky. Poetry is always popular at grown-ups read things they wrote as kids, especially angst-filled poetry. When our next reader, Chris, was in elementary and junior high school, she often used poetry writing assignments to deliver what she calls thinly veiled criticism and anger towards her teachers. 
Here's Chris on stage in Calgary reading a few poetry selections. And if you listen very closely, you might just be able to pick up on some of the subtext. Okay, so these first three about peace came after a seating change where I got moved away from my friends. Peace. It's too hard to write a poem about peace when there's so much killing around us and we're in a rotten mood because we can't sit by our friends. (laughs) Santa Claus likes peace. Santa Claus likes peace. The Easter rabbit likes it too. So we should all be peaceful and they'll bring us more stuff. Um, The peace machine. The peace machine blows the heads off all the unpeaceful people. And the rest of the world can be at peace. (laughs) And the dead guys can rest in peace. Um, This was a Halloween assignment. I was mad about something else. It's called uh, Jack-O-Lantern Meets Cheese Man. Jack-O-Lantern on the porch. Then I burn it with a torch. (laughs) And this is the last one. Um, it's from, uh, I think, grade 10. It's called Cynical Poem for a Cynical Girl. <laughs> Once there was an astronaut got beamed up into space. He looked down at the spinning earth and loved the human race. He saw a wormhole purple-blue and Proxima Centauri and knew the insignificance of one as small as he. When it was time to fly back home, all awe-inspired was he. With plans and dreams to save the world, he burned up on (laughs) re-entry. One of the most important lessons we learned growing up is how to say we're sorry. But just because it's important doesn't mean it's an easy lesson. I mean, sometimes you have to apologize even when you're not sorry, and other times you do feel genuine remorse, real guilt and regret, but you just don't have the words to express it. When our next reader, Richard, was a kid, his parents wanted to make very sure that he learned the art of the apology. So whenever Richard or his siblings screwed up, they had to write apology letters. His parents kept those letters and then gave them back to grown-up Richard to read on stage. So the first one, ironically, is an apology letter about forgetting to write an apology letter. The truth is that my teacher didn't receive my apology letter because I simply forgot. And the reason I lied to you was because I thought that I would get in even more trouble And I didn't come to think that lying about it would work out ever worse. The consequences of lying are much worse than the truth. Lying means that you can't be trusted, and lying can also turn you into a bad person. Lying is a bad problem because if you start to do it too often, you can get addicted to it. And I try my very hardest to avoid that. 
I know that I have lied before and it never worked, meaning it never will work. This is an important lesson to learn. Many people who don't know that won't think that lying is a big deal, but it is a big deal. And I have learned that lesson. Okay, so this one was a year later. I was eight years old and uh, I screwed up at school. I clearly hadn't learned my lesson about lying. If you read into this a bit. This essay is for something wrong that I did yesterday that I very much regret. I was with my friend Willie after school and we climbed up on the skating rink shed. There were little pieces of shingles, brackets, about the size of my fist, and bracket, that were lying around up on top of the roof. They were already torn by some other kids and we were simply throwing them these little pieces of shingles onto the ground. Then a bunch of grade six kids came by and they, for some reason, don't like Willie, so they just said they didn't like me either because I was with him. I suppose they wanted to get Willie in trouble, so they went to the office and made up that Willie and me were tearing off shingles and throwing the shingles at them. Neither of these things are true. I swear. We were only picking up already torn small pieces of shingles and tossing them off the roof in a different direction. I promise. I am not lying. I am sorry that I went on the roof and threw off pieces of shingles because I am now picking up garbage and sweeping at school. I am also grounded until Sunday. I very much regret what I did and will not dare do anything that stupid or dangerous again. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. One of the things I love about Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids is the way we get to revisit the experience of growing up from so many different perspectives, often perspectives we would never otherwise have access to. Take, for instance, our next reader, Shannon, who brought along a number of journal entries that, in her words, illuminate what it was like to be a sexually active teen in the 1980s. I can honestly say I never had that experience. Now, just as a quick heads up, Shannon's journal entries do acknowledge the existence of sex, and a number of them contain cuss words, which we do not bleep out. Okay, there's your heads up. Here's Shannon reading from her teenage journal. July 7th, 1983. Hi, kids. I'm over the hill today. I turned 13. It's so hot today. After I fill you in, I'm going to take a nice, long, cold shower. I've never told you about Alex, have I? Well, Alex is Sarah's older brother, 18, and last Wednesday, Janice had a party, and I went and got really drunk, and Alex was really drunk, and 
There we were in a fit of passion on Mrs. Bloor's bed when she came home. I have never gotten dressed so fast in my life. Anyway, I like Alex, but that's a lost cause because he's 18 and I'm 13 and, well, you see the problem. My life is, my life is messed up. I hope it gets better when you're middle-aged. Well, that's all for now. July 11th. All I did today was sit around. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to go to Sheridan on the 19th. Yay. July 25th. Well, I'm back, and I couldn't have had a better time. Last summer, I went with this guy named Floyd, but he broke up with me for some unknown reason. While I went up there, and friends were telling me that he liked me again and wanted to go with me, so I sat down on the couch beside him and asked him if he did, and he said yes. He asked if I wanted to go out with him, and I said I never wanted to break up in the first place. Then he said he drank too much beer, and he talked to me later. Later, we were... <laughs> Later, we were fooling around and wrestling, and he knocked me on the bed and kissed me. W-O-W. He said he's wanted to do that for a long time. We made love six times in four days. Three on a double bed, once in a single, once on the couch, and once on the floor. He said... He said he loved me, and I love him. One problem is that he has 50 million other girlfriends. I want to be the only one. Sarah's going to blow her stack. She says I'm too loose. I hope I'm not pregnant. <laughs> July 31st. Hi, I went water skiing today, and I got burnt to a crisp. I really had a lot of fun. Woke up this morning with a blood stain on my beautiful rainbow quilt. Stupid period. <laughs> December 5th. Guess where I'm going? Sheridan. No kidding. Leaving on the 26th. I can't wait. Gotta go. I have to finish my homework and the laundry. December 28th. I'm here. Found out Floyd has a girlfriend, but Thelma and I had a bet to see who can get him, but she chickened out, so I ended up doing it with him. He better not have VD or I will die. <laughs> December 31st. Floyd and I were together. We made love on the couch, but then I don't know what happened. He went to Thelma. He was using me and I'd let him. He told Thelma that I'm a five in bed and as loose as when you put your foot in your boot. Ralph, Val's brother, was giving me a talk about using birth control and not to get knocked up and not to let guys use me. While he was giving me this talk, Floyd and Thelma were in the bedroom together doing you-know-what, but not all the way because Thelma wouldn't let him. He told her that's all I ever want. Dear Floyd, I just wonder what the fuck you're stoned on. I'm five? Fuck you. There is not a number for what I rate you, you prick. Do you know why I did it with you? Because that summer I first came here and we were going together and all we did was kiss and then you said you didn't want to go out with me anymore. So I thought I'd better try something to get you to like me again. So that's what I did. Then I thought I loved you. And don't lie about me only wanting sex. I can get it anywhere I want and so can you. It's not like I tied you to the bed and made you fuck me. Today, Shannon is a youth worker in Calgary, and she specializes in sexual health. A couple days after the show, she phoned in to reflect on the experience of revisiting her journal. After I read on stage, a few women came up to me to say how brave I was to read. They said their diaries would have had similar entries, but that they had either not written them or they had burned them for fear of someone finding out. A few other women looked at me, but did not come up to me. I have a pretty good idea of what they were thinking, and the word slut would have definitely been part of it. Floozy, hussy, loose, promiscuous, slut, skank, or whore. 
Those are all words that are meant to indicate that a woman has been sexual with too many people or is interested in sex with people. And in some people's view, that makes her worth less than a woman or a girl who doesn't like or isn't interested in sex. If I could go back in time and speak to the younger me, I'd tell her that having sex and having love are different, but that both can be amazing. I'd tell her that she should never base her own worth on words that people use to describe her. I'd tell her that it didn't matter how many people she had sex with. I'd tell her to use condoms every single time. I'd tell her that breaking someone else's heart feels just as bad as having her heart broken and that all that happened to her in her childhood and in her adolescence would eventually help her help people who had broken hearts. I'd tell her that I loved her. When Justin was 12 and a half, his parents celebrated a wedding anniversary. And to congratulate them, Justin gave them a heartfelt, handmade greeting card, which is one of my all-time favorite genres of kid writing. Here's Justin. Dear Mom and Dad, I wish you a very happy 15th wedding anniversary. You have loved each other for 15 strong, loving years. (laughs) And you have overcome the rough and good times of these years. I hope that one day, you warm, loving parents will be able to reach a heartwarming 50-year anniversary, which I would gladly like to see. I have lived with you for 13 strong years. And I would like to tell you how much you mean to me. Quote, it takes no one to be a father (laughs) and mother, but it takes a lot to be a mom and dad. End quote. Parentheses, I did not make that up. (laughs) But I strongly believe it. Then in here I have a heart with a circle and the names of my siblings and our birth years, and I write... We are all one big loving circle that will never end. Love, Justin. My favorite part about that is how it teeters right on the edge of sincerity. You know, Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids has a website, Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids.com. And on our website, we have an FAQ, a Frequently Asked Questions list. And if you go all the way to the bottom of the Frequently Asked Questions, you will find this one <clears throat> Is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids a really great first date? The answer, of course, is yes, Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids is a really great first date. And you're about to hear why. Our next reader, Jessica, is here on a first date tonight. She's going to come up to the stage and read a story she wrote when she was 10 years old, Jessica. (laughs) 
When I was a baby, I liked getting my diaper changed. <laughs> and I would suck my thumb. <laughs> Now that I am a child, I could ride around the big block and I could play with caps. <laughs> When I am a teenager, I will be bigger. I will stay up later, I'll get a part-time job, I will drive a car, and I'll have more homework. When I am an adult, I can have a boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> I can get married and buy a house. I will be bigger. <laughs> When I am a senior citizen, I will have white hair. I will go for walks. I will read a lot. I will be retired. I will be shorter. I might have glasses. <laughs> When I am 93, I will be in a wheelchair. I will be smellier. <laughs> I will live in an apartment. My grandchildren will visit me. The end. <laughs> Jessica, ladies and gentlemen. Guess who Jessica was on a date with? Our next reader, Rob, who is going to read The Martial Arts King, written in 1994 when he was 10 years old. Please welcome to our stage, Jessica's date, Rob. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> uh, so I wrote some short stories. And this one's called The Martial Arts King. And it's dedicated to my lovely cat, Psycho. Okay, The Martial Arts King. Once upon a time... Oh yeah, I had an obsession. I really liked the name Zach, so just let you know. Once, once upon a time, there was a 16-year-old boy. His name was Zach. He was a cop. And he, <laughs> and he studied martial arts. He was the best until he was shot in the head by a criminal. <laughs> so, Zach died young. <laughs> He practiced martial arts for half his life for nothing. <laughs> One year later, he was brought into he was brought into reincarnation as a boy who gets pounded by bigger kids. <laughs> Zach, apparently his new name is Zach. Zach had a friend named Jack. <laughs> Jack sticks up for Zack because Jack is a good fighter. Three jerks are in the same class as Zack and Jack. After school, when Zack and Jack were coming home, the three, jer three jerks jumped out of a bush. Zack jumped up and Roundhouse kicked one jerk. Jack took care of the other two. An old lady was walking down the street and saw the jerks beating up Jack. She walked up to the bullies, wielded her purse, and hit the bullies with her purse. Thanks, madame, <laughs> said Jack, Zach. No problem, Sonny, <laughs> said the old, 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 very old lady. <laughs> At school the next day, everyone was talking about what Zach and Jack did. The end. <laughs> After the show, Jessica, Rob, and I ducked out onto 11th Ave so I could ask them the obvious first date follow-up question. Is there going to be a second date? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at Broken City in Calgary, Alberta. Our music is by Pottington Bear. Special thanks to Elliot and Charlotte for their clockwork. And if all of this sounds like fun to you, why not sign up to read the things you wrote when you were a kid? To see our full calendar or sign up for our email newsletter where we announce new shows, check out the website, grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. That's grownupsreadthingstheywroteaskids.com. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 